Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. All right. Well, I've been telling people that uh, I I, uh, am star and I'm a leader here and um, I'm just excited to be able to bring a word to you and be able to bring the message to you. And, um, you know, God, with all of this, I'll just kind of, but God gives you things and he shows you things and then I get excited and want to teach it to you. And so that's kind of what this is. It's going to be some teaching, hopefully some preaching, some encouragement, some ministering to you. And uh, so that's kind of my hope for this. My hope basically for you is just receiving possibly something new, possibly something that you've already heard, but just enlightening enlightening to you. Honestly, it's a message of simplicity, and that's the best way I could put it. Um, it's, I love teaching God's word because technically God wants it to be simple for us. There's a lot that goes in it, but God's word for the new covenant with us is a very simplistic word. Love God, honor him, and he supplies the rest. He moves in you, he works in you, and that's just my hope this morning for you guys. Um, the message title is called The Greatest Undertaking. And um, the reason for that is you'll find out through the message of why I wanted it called The Undertaking. Now, a lot of people, every time I say undertaking, those of you who were born in the 80s, most of us are like, The Undertaker. You know, anybody? Anybody think that when you saw that word? Who thought that? I know Ramon did. I did. Jasmine, as soon as I said, they were like, what's your title? I was like, the greatest undertaking. Ooh, undertaker. I was like, no. But that's kind of what it makes you think. And uh, the greatest undertaking is basically what it is. And then uh, can you put up that song that had the list of God's names real quick? Put up that slide. Uh, This just came to me as I was worshiping. And it ties in. Very, very clear with the message this morning. Adonai Elohim, the great I am, lives in me. And the next one, El Shaddai, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, here with me. Those names we are going to discover here. Um, We're going to discover what they mean. We're going to discover how um, they apply to us and why we're really here. You know, Jasmine said, I always leave y'all with a question of, of, of what can I do next, a question of action. And that's exactly what I want for this message for you this morning is some action. All right. And some understanding about why you're, you need that action. Right. So I have a secret. Y'all want to know a secret? All right. The first verse is in Psalms 25 verse 14. And it says, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Say it again. Hopefully nobody heard me. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. 
Do you want to know another secret? It's not a secret. (laughs) God wants us to show the world. God wants us to be able to tell the people about him and tell them about what he has done for us, about what Jesus has done for us. This really, the word secret here is not meaning what we think as secret. We think as secret as in, I'm going to tell you this so nobody else knows, okay? And don't tell anybody. That's the secret that we have for that word. That's, that's what we view secret as. But that is not what God is talking about here when he talks about the secret. The secret actually means assembly. Um, and it's, it's kind of opposite of what we think as secret. The secret actually, in some translations, translates to friendship. So assembly or friendship And so it's saying the assembly of the Lord is for those who fear him, right? So um, in that, saying that is it's not a secret. God doesn't want it to be a secret. But kind of oddly, if you've never known God, which we live in America, so I believe whether you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior or not, you have heard about God. You have heard about the Holy Spirit. You have heard of these things. And so it's maybe a secret to you because maybe you don't understand fully what God has for you and what God has done for you. But it's not a secret in the fact of nobody can know secret. God wants everybody to know what the assembly of God is. God wants everybody to know what the friendship of the Lord is, right? So who do you think, as I'm saying that the assembly of the Lord, the friendship of the Lord. Who do you think that is? Or what do you think that is? The Holy Spirit, right? Is, is that kind of what y'all are thinking? Absolutely. You are correct. The Holy Spirit is where it's calling into the assembly of God or the assembly of the Lord. So through this, um, through these, uh, through this scripture, the secret of the Lord, it's really saying the friendship of the Lord, the assembly of the Lord is with those who fear him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take apart this scripture and I'm going to take it apart into four parts. I just gave you the first part of it, right? And then I'm going to take, take it and I'm going to take those four main parts of it apart for us. And then we're going to put it all together again and then read it from, uh, basically the Hebrew translation of it and what it actually says. Okay. So if you could go to, uh, we're going to stick with the secret. I'm going to kind of finish that, and then I'm going to jump around. It's um, in John 16, verse 12 through 15. So I was telling you that the Holy Spirit is what it's talking about, the secret here. And it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. So these are Jesus' words. These are the words in red in the Bible. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide us into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are of mine. 
Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. This is right before Jesus is about to get crucified. He's speaking to his disciples and he's telling them, I am going to leave you. I will not be here anymore, but I am sending you somebody who will be with you and who will be with you always. And so the, great un- the greatest undertaking, what is it? Give it to you right away. It's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's that covenant. It's that promise that he gave to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And that is the greatest undertaking. All undertaking means is it's a promise. It's a pact. It's a covenant with people. And with us, God has made that covenant with us. So let's now backtrack. And I'm going to kind of go backwards now. I showed you what secret meant just meant the assembly of God, right? Um, The Holy Spirit. And now I want to go back to the word covenant, okay? So the word covenant here is an agreement. It's a partnership with God. It's God's promise to ask us that he's going to fulfill through us, and he basically just asks us a few things. That's what a promise is. That's what a covenant is. And for us, we know the covenant as Jesus Christ died on the the cross for us. But we have it a lot different, and I'm going to give you a little background as the Old Testament. There were Old Testament covenants. There was covenant with Moses, covenant with Noah, covenant with uh, the nation of Israel. There was a covenant with the king of David. And all of these covenants were a little bit different than what we have. Honestly, their covenants were a lot harder than the covenant God gave us. I told you I wanted to show you the simplicity, uh, simplicity of Jesus, the simplicity of the word of God, and that's it right there. He changed, he added a new covenant, which is Jesus Christ, and it changed everything. So back in the days, the old covenant, like with Noah, he, his covenant with Noah was he would not flood the earth again. He would not flood and kill everybody and everything on the earth again, right? That was his covenant, and his covenant was, I will show what he was going to show was the rainbow was the symbol of that never happening again right? And all he asked of Noah in return was just to keep his commandments, to live true, and um, to live holy with him, right? Then with the covenant with Abraham, he promised to bless him. He promised to give him lots of land. He promised to give him lots of children and lots of descendants. He promised to bless his descendants. He promised him Uh, All of these things. And when did that happen to Abraham? When he was 99. And his wife, Sarah, was 90. All of this was promised to him. And so that promise was kind of weird for Abraham because he was like, how can you, I have sons. How can you bless my descendants? Because I cannot bear any children with Sarah. And he says, but you will. Basically, in the next coming year, you guys will have a son. And he gave him his name, and he told them, from there, I will bless all your descendants, and they will be many. As long as, now here's the stipulation. This is where the covenants take place. Basically, what a covenant is is a promise from God, and then in return, he wants something back from you, right? So he told 
Abraham, you must circumcise. So like the rainbow, that was the signal, right? And so the circumcision was, you must circumcise at the year eight, uh, age of eight, all the male children, um, whether they belong to you or whether they're a slave of you. you they must be circumcised. And uh, the other thing was you must live a right and just life under the law of God, right? So he's asking him of all these things. Same thing with the nation of Israel, okay? He asked and he said, I will bless the nation of Israel. I will bless all of its lands. I will bless all of its people, but you must live a right and just life. King of David, he comes from the line and comes from being the king of Israel. And he tells him the same thing. I will bless the house of the kingdom of God and I will establish your kingdom and I will establish you and I will establish your rule forever is basically what he tells King David. But he says, your people and you must live a right and just life under the law of Moses, right? So guess what Israel does? Israel breaks the covenant time and time again. Abraham breaks the covenant. Abraham's people breaks the covenant time and time again. Not one person on this earth that God can make a covenant with is sustaining what God wants back in return. All of us cannot hold God's covenant because we would break that covenant because we are a sinful people. Because Adam and Eve decided to eat of that tree and, and, and began the sin in basically this world. And that is why we cannot hold this kind of covenant with God. Okay? So what did, what did God do? He said, well, there's not one person that could hold it. They keep failing me. They keep straying away. They keep uh, going off and uh, having other gods and worshiping other gods and building idols for those gods. They are not living rightly. They are not living just. What do I do, right? So what does he do? He sends Jesus. Now this a new is God in the flesh, and he's sending him to fulfill a new prophecy, to fulfill a new covenant. And that is why Jesus is called the new covenant, and that is why it is called the greatest undertaking, because this is the greatest promise, this is the greatest covenant, this is the greatest pact that you and I could ever have from God, because it's fail-proof. It's fail-proof. Jesus is fail-proof. We cannot mess it up. We cannot do something so bad that this covenant will be taken away from us, that this promise, that this undertaking will be away from us. Isn't that something wonderful to hear? That we didn't have to live through this, and I'm just giving you the basics of this. There is so much detail in Noah and Abraham and the nation of Israel's covenant. I mean, it's, it's so much detail. And this is just the basic. Basically, God gave them a covenant, they failed. God gave them a covenant, they failed. God gave them a covenant, they failed. So what did God do? He gave us a fail-proof covenant. He put somebody on this earth that could not fail, that could not sin, that could not be strayed one way or the other, 
that would not build a different idol, that did not think that he was the Almighty, that knew who the Almighty was and respected that. And so now we have something so special, but yet, and I, I believe you, you can attest to this, we take it for granted sometimes. I take it for granted sometimes. I take for granted that I have been put on this earth in this new covenant age after Christ, and yet I become selfish at some points. I become, well, what about my life? Well, what about the things that I want? Well, what about, uh, you know, everything going right in my life? And we become selfish and we forget why God initially made these covenants in the first place. Why did God want to make these covenants? Because of the secret, the friendship. God just wanted to walk with us in the garden day in and day out and have somebody there and have us obey his commandments and obey his rules and laws, but give us everything. That's what God really wanted in the beginning, and that's what he still wants with us today. He wants us to be with him in heaven. This message oddly ties into Pastor Matt's uh, series a little bit in the fact of the, the greatest covenant because he will return, right? And so that is what God wants from us. He wants us to have that eternal life. He wants us to have that communion with him, that friendship with him, that assembly with him. He wants us, and so he made a way for that to happen. But we become selfish sometimes, and we forget. And we forget that God, we have basically an internal, internal person in our life that we could ultimately turn to whenever we want to, whenever we're in need, whenever we just want to talk to him. That couldn't happen back then. They had priests, they had high priests that they had to take their problems to and, and the high priest had to go behind a huge veil and, and plead for the, that nation or plead for those people. And sometimes those priests, those high priests would turn against God and sometimes those high priests will, would fall short. And so what does the Bible say? Man will fail you. Absolutely, man is going to fail you. Don't ever rely on man solely. We were not meant to rely on man solely. We we're meant to rely on God solely. And so that's the covenant, okay? So we have that, the scripture there, and we have the secret of the Lord, the assembly of the Lord, the, the spirit of the Lord. Let's go ahead and put that in there now. The spirit of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. He will show them his promise. He will show them his Jesus, right? Pretty much what it comes down to. So Jesus, again, has made it available, and that's what he has done for us. And the, the cool thing about this covenant, I'll say one more thing about the covenant, is the cool thing about this covenant versus the other covenant is the other covenants were a little bit external, right? But this covenant, this new covenant is internal, right? The other covenants were unconditional. Or, well, sorry, the other covenants were conditional. Abraham, I will bless you, but you must circumcise everybody, right? 
uh, Israel, I will bless you, but you must live a right and just life. King David, I will bless you, but you must, right? This new covenant is not conditional. This new covenant, the Jesus covenant, is unconditional. The old covenant promised to bless nations and bless lands. The old covenant promised to bless the people and the descendants. Well, guess what? This covenant says to produce all of that and to bless all of that, but it's everlasting now. The old covenant was not everlasting. This covenant is everlasting. So we'll jump to the now, and he will show them, right? So what does show mean in this? What, is, what does it really mean in the Hebrew? This scripture, show, actually means using all the senses. So how is he going to show us? He's going to show us with touch. He's going to show us with hearing. He's going to show us with seeing. You know, we hear the word of God. We see the word of God in the Bible. We feel the word of God within us. Any of y'all had an encounter where you just feel God, where you just feel the Holy Spirit? And if you have it, I pray that you do either today, this week, that God just grabs a hold of you and just has that, that covenant with you and that, that, that just feeling with you and that, that touch. Um, he, he, we, I mean, he even says we will smell his aroma. We will smell him. We will taste and see his goodness. All of that is said, right? So the show is using all the senses. It's figuratively. He's going to be able to show his covenant, his promise figuratively, symbolically. Symbol figuratively just means symbolically. It means not actual. So, you know, if you're just saying, I'm hungry and I can eat a horse. Well, obviously, actually, you can't eat a horse, right? A whole horse. But figuratively, that's how hungry you are, right? So he's going to show us figuratively. He's going to show us personally. He's going to get that intimacy with us, okay? And that comes from the Holy Spirit, what we talked about in the beginning. And literally, he's going to actually get a hold of us. He's going to actually show us. He's going to actually... Uh, show us his promise. So all of these um, come into play where it says he will show us. Then we jump into the next part of fear. And like I said, I wanted to work backwards and back up to the secret because it kind of comes together a little bit better like that. So there are three Hebrew words in the Bible for fear. Okay. Um, and the word fear for us is scary, right? I just, uh, is she in here? I can't tell. But Maddie, on accident, I was going to talk to her in there, and I, I guess, snuck up on her, and I was like, hey. Uh, and she jumped, and she's like, oh, you scared me, you know? That's kind of the fear that we think of, right? We think of fear, me. I have a fear of cockroaches, right? I am getting over that fear. I have told myself I'm getting over it and I'm getting better and better with it. Some of us have a fear of heights. Some of us have a fear of people. Some of us have a fear that just um, everything just kind of falls apart and then we get fearful when things just don't go our way. Some of us have different fears, but the fear talked about in the Bible is not talking about this. We have strayed away from what 
the fear of the Lord should be, right? We've strayed away from what the fear of the Lord should be. And so there's three Hebrew words. Now there's, that I could find. I'm not gonna promise you that these are the only three Hebrew fear words. But in Hebrew, there's some in Greek as well. But there's three main Hebrew words that mean fear. And they kind of all mean, first one is yira, okay? Yira basically means awe. It means respect. It means worship. And most of the time where uh, yira is used is where it says the fear of the Lord, right? The fear of the Lord. That's usually where yira is is used. So the respect, the awe of God, the reverence of God, the worship that we show to God. And then there's yare. There's a different word. They all kind of stem from the same, but then there's yare. And this word is, this is what's cool about it. And it's kind of, it's real meaning is following the gut is what yare means. And this one is found in 25 verse 14, the one we're reading right now. So what's cool about it is if you kind of reread the scripture using the feeling of the gut, it says the spirit of the Lord is with those who follow the gut, right? Isn't that kind of cool? Y'all are quiet this morning. Yeah, thank you. I can't take the quiet. I need, I need some something that to me means I'm boring you. So if I am, tell me and I'll change it up a little bit, right? Um, so the fear of the Lord, right? Um, yada, yare, following the gut. And then there's a second, there's a third one and it's called, called pahad. And this one means to shake or to tremble. So there's three of these words found in different places in the Old Testament that mean to fear. But did any of them really mean what we feel like fear should mean? No. They're all meanings of reverence. Even this one to shake or to tremble. It can be used in that way, but in scripture, majority of the time it's because the presence of God was coming upon somebody. And so they were fearing and trembling. Not in because, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? But because they were in awe of God. They were in awe of the presence. So all of these mean the presence, the awe of God, the reverence of God. And when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, I want us to get that fear out of our brain, the fear that we see as scary or something's going to happen to us, because that is not at all what God wants us to see. And in order to recognize the Holy Spirit, we need to be able to fear him, healthy fear him, in order for God, the Holy Spirit, to move inside of us. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Why is that so important? Why do we have to have the Holy Spirit in us? And, you know, yes, okay, great. Somebody's with us all the time. God is with us at all times, right? Okay, fun. But really, the real reason why we need to fear God, the real reason why we need to let the Holy Spirit in and recognize who we have living with us, follow the gut, is because that following of the gut is him teaching us. 
Him showing us what is right and wrong. Him showing us discernment about situations that we're about to go into or decisions that we have to make. Having somebody to rely on 24-7 is really awesome. And we should feel blessed because of that because back in the days, they didn't have that 24-7 feeling in the gut, that 24-7 feeling, Holy Spirit feeling. They didn't have that. They had to wait until the proper time. They had to send sacrifices. They had this whole production that they had to do. All we simply have to do is say, Holy Spirit, can you guide me in this? Holy Spirit, can you help me in this? And if you think I'm wrong and if you think I'm crazy, I challenge you to try it. If you have never tried it, so many people, and especially new Christians, even me, I was, I was at that point, And I was like, well, but how do you know you could really talk to God? How do you know he's really listening? How do you know that I can really hear from him? Well, you know because of the feeling in the gut right? Before you get up to do a presentation, before you get up to do anything, you get kind of those butterflies, you get this rush of adrenaline or this feeling and you know it's the Holy Spirit talking to you. You know it's God, you know, working in you. And there's nothing to be scared about that. There's nothing to be uh, fearful about that. God wants to encounter us, whether we like it or not. God wants us to have him and and to acknowledge that we have him always. He wants us in those intimate moments and he wants us in those moments that, you know, we feel like we've given up. Uh, he He wants us in those moments to teach us and he wants us to build our character. That's another reason the Holy Spirit is given to us, to help our character, to build our character. He wants us to live our best life. No matter what goes on, God really, truly wants us to live our best life. He wants us to know right from wrong. He wants us to know what salvation is. He wants us to believe in that salvation. Some of us have a very hard time letting go of our past iniquities. Letting go that that past Um, thing that has happened to us. I will tell you one thing that's kind of cool that I kind of came across as I was reading in Psalms 25, and Hagen, you don't have these scriptures, so I'm just going to read them. But in this Psalms 25 chapter, obviously we have the main scripture that we've been reading is about the fear of the Lord, right? But David here has a psalm, and this psalm, he's asking for forgiveness for his iniquities. David is this wonderful musician. He's this wonderful poet. And yet, even though he was in covenant with God, and even though he had a different type of covenant, it's kind of weird how he was talking, because it was almost like he was asking and praying for this new covenant that we get to have. So verse four says this, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are God of my salvation. On you, I wait all day. Isn't that kind of cool? David was pretty much praying for us. David didn't have that Holy Spirit gut with him 24-7. The Lord would come and talk to him, 
right? But then he would leave, right? The Lord would come and talk to him, and then he would leave. Did David really have the Holy Spirit living inside him like us? I don't think so because scripture says that Jesus came and left the Holy Spirit with us. He had to ascend so the Holy Spirit could descend on us. So I feel like in here, David was asking for forgiveness of his sins while asking God and the Spirit of God to teach him and to show him and to give him wisdom. All of these things that David was doing, and honestly, he was praying for us. So what I tell you about that, why am I bringing that up? Don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up on your prayers. David, through all these scriptures, through all these psalms that he would write, it was a constant prayer for us, for his people, for the people yet to come. And guess what? God listened. God delivered. He sent Jesus. This is what David was praying for. David was praying for an ultimate sacrifice. David was praying for an ultimate person to come in and take that and be the mediator. And it happened. So don't give up on your prayers. I know sometimes they seem impossible. I know sometimes they seem like we, you know, they will never come to pass or that person is just too stubborn or, but you don't know, Star, what goes on in my life. You don't know what I have been through. You don't know what uh, has come up and always attacks me. You, you don't know. I don't have to know to tell you that you don't need to give up on those prayers because all of these prayers have been fulfilled. All of them, except the one that Pastor Matt has been talking about. Still the one to come and the promise of him to come again. Don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up on the people you're praying for. You might see your prayer come to pass in your lifetime, but you may not. You may see it come in your child's lifetime. You may see it come to pass in their child's lifetime. You don't know, we don't know, I don't know. But what I'm telling you is never give up on that communication with God. Never give up on those prayers. Continue it. That was a little bit of rabbit trail. But um, don't give up on those, on those prayers. In Proverbs 9.10, it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One. So here, the fear of the Lord, same thing. We're talking about the awe, the reverence of God, right? Of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what does that sound like? Again, here, the fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit wants to come. The Spirit of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Anybody see the movie Crudes? It's like one of my favorite movies. Anybody else seen it? Can't see. Yes, yes. All right. Probably didn't have anything to do with the Bible, but if you look at it and you see the dad, the big Mr. Crude, right? He wants to protect his family. He wants his family to be protected. So what do they do? They have adapted to their situation. They don't want to be, they're pretty much one of the only families left on the earth, and this is what they're thinking, right? And all the other families that lived around him died from some other circumstance. So now he has become a recluse and saving his family that he doesn't want to step outside unless they have to for food, right? They go out for food and then they get right back in. 
Well, sometimes our fear does that to us. Sometimes our fear sucks us in and we get comfortable in a situation because we're like, we're in this situation and, you know, everything is okay and I'm fine with where I'm at and we're, we have enough and everything is okay, right? And so that's kind of what the dad was thinking until it all came crashing down, literally. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, basically his little cave got demolished because the earth was changing, the earth was moving, and it basically, earthquake came and demolished his cave. So now they were stuck in the open with nowhere to go. So what was his first response? Let's go find another cave and let's go hide in another cave. Is that you? Are you somebody who goes to their cave their cave gets demolished for some reason and then you go try to find another cave to hide into? God doesn't want that for us. God wants us to, be, to live an open and a free life, not fearing anything because we have the power of God within us. We have the spirit of God within us. We have the Holy Spirit that guides us and teaches us. And so that's not what God wants for us. But yet, we find ourselves in those situations sometimes until the inevitable happens. And then we freak out. So in the movie, the dad is freaking out like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Where are we going to go? And all of a sudden, the dust clears and they see this magnificent, beautiful, colorful place. Before, in the beginning, it was kind of dark and gray. And then it was this beautiful place. And yet, and they were scared of it at first because it was the unknown but what does that tell me for us? Sometimes the unknown is a little bit scary for us. Sometimes accepting Jesus into our heart is a little unknown for us. And we don't know what's going on. Sometimes accepting him and, and trying to follow him and move in his ways is a little bit scary for us. But as you do it and as you move and as you step with God and as you go with God, he begins to show you all his wonder. And he begins to show you all these things that you've been hiding from could actually help you and could actually prosper you even more. And you can find people along the way that you can learn from and help as well. We were not meant, I say it all the time when I preach, but you were not put on this earth to be born, to live a fun, healthy and, and pretty good life and then to die. That's not what we were put on the earth for. We were put on the earth for each other. We were put on the earth to experience God's goodness and then share it with everybody else. Because we're not meant to hold God's goodness for ourselves. We're not meant to hide in a cave for ourselves. God gave us the power to be bold. God gave us the power to not fear to have his power, to have his love, and to have his sound mind. That's what God gave us. That's what the Holy Spirit came into us to do. So why am I preaching this? Why am I telling you all this? Because I don't want you to fear this world. I don't want you to fear what could happen or be a recluse into your own space, but I want you to tell everybody about 
the word of God. I want you to tell everybody. I want you to show people. Now, is everybody as comfortable as me and Jasmine and, and Pastor Matt is sharing the word of God or, or being around people all the time? No, that's not what I'm saying. We're all a little bit different. But in your difference, still be there for people. Still show them. Teach them, help them find the Holy Spirit. Because once, once that happens, the Holy Spirit takes over. And Second uh, Timothy 1.7 is what I just had said. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. And in here, this word fear is the Greek word. Um, and it's a different Greek word, but it's still meaning similar. This one does actually mean trembling. This one does mean timid, timidness. And what God is saying here is he's just saying what I, what I just told you. Don't be afraid of what is living inside of you. Grab a hold of it. Don't be afraid. I remember when I was a kid, going crazy. My, my aunt, I call her my crazy aunt. My crazy aunt would take us to these churches and they'd be going crazy and fall on the floor and speaking in tongues. And I was afraid of that. That was crazy, right? But don't be afraid of the gifts of God. Don't be afraid of what God is doing inside of you. Amen? So... To finish up, and Gilbert, you can come up here. To finish up, I want to now read this in a new light, right? So instead of the secret, we'll use spirit, right? The spirit of the Lord, or the Holy Spirit of the Lord, is with those who follow the gut. And he will actually, all senses show them his promise. That's what this scripture truly means. It is our job to receive the Holy Spirit. It is our job to spread the word of God. You are not here just to live and die. That's not what you are. And if you've watched that movie, you know what I'm talking about in that part where he's like, and the girl was curious and she went up in there and then she died. No, it's not that. That's not what we're here for. We're here to live. And we're here to help people live around us. We're here to help people see the goodness of God, to see the light of God. We're not here to just live in this darkness. We're not here to live in our filth and sins. We're not here to live in our struggles. We're not here to live like that. God made a covenant with us. God made a promise to us. And he promises to take care of you. And he promises to love you. And he promises to uphold you. And not just today because you're sitting in these chairs, but he promises to do it forever. Forever, he promises. It is no longer just a outwardly thing it is now an inward thing it is an eternal thing it is no longer just a, a season but it's an eternal thing 
Pastor Matt has been talking about the eternal and what's going to happen. That this earth will fade away, but a new heaven will come. And God wants you to be in that new place with him, that new heaven with him. It's our job though. We have a mission. We have a purpose. And that purpose is not to be the only one there. That purpose is to bring people with us. I do also wanna leave you with this because I feel like this is what the world conditions us to, this world conditions us to kind of believe. And I, I can't take credit for this, I did hear it, but it just, it kind of like pushed my buttons to, to go a little bit harder because I find myself saying this too sometimes. And I feel like what the world has conditioned us to is if I could just have this, or if I could just get out of this hole, or if I could just buy a house, or if I could just have a good working car, or if I could just, <laughs> for all you young people out there, if I could just finish high school, if I could just get into college, if I could just finish this project at work, things would be a lot easier. Where's the balloon? Let me get my little needle. Pop, I just popped your balloon. It's not true. The just, if I could just is not true. Don't live in that lie. Don't live in the lie that if I could just have a little bit more money, everything would be okay. Because I'm telling you what, we live in a world of sin. We live in a world of toil and, and trouble. We live in a world that we honestly can't do anything about except put more love out there. That's our job. That's what we can do. We can share the love of Jesus Christ with people. We can share the testimony of Christ. We can share to make this world a little bit better place. But it's not just if I could do this. It wasn't me just if I could get through this message. That's not what it is. It's not gonna be easier tomorrow. Tomorrow is still the same. Something great could happen tomorrow or something bad could happen tomorrow. We don't know what's around the corner. We have no idea. All we truly know is the truth. And what is that truth? The truth is that Jesus died on the cross. His blood was the circumcision. His blood was the rainbow. His blood was, the, was all of and everything that the, they, they all tried to live up to. Your tomorrow is not gonna be any better unless you push through it. Your tomorrow is not gonna be any better unless you recognize the God living inside of you. The God living inside of you is power, love, and a sound mind. I'm sorry to tell you, and I know that's a terrible thing to say, but it's not, it's not gonna get any better after that or after this, it just doesn't. And if you're really true with yourself, I think you can relate to that and I think you can agree with me because 
After high school, then you got the problems of college. After college, then you got the problems of your job. After your job, then you got the problems of family and getting married. If I could just get married, if I could just have kids, if I could just, everything will be better. Well, with new things come new problems and new situations, right? I mean, it's life, it's life. I always try to explain the best that I can and I try to let people know the truth that God is not just, oh, now that I know God, I can live hunky-dory and everything is great and everything is good. That's the bubble we wanna live in, but that's not the bubble that we actually live in. The actual truth is life is hard. Life does not have, does not say sorry to us. Life has no remorse on us. People we love die. People we love get sick. Babies don't get boring. Babies get sick. Sexual immoralities happen. Molestation happens. Rape happens. Life happens, guys. But do you know your do you know your neighbor's story? Have you talked to your neighbor lately? Have you asked them if they're okay lately? Have you used what God has given you, the guts? Have you used the spirit to encourage somebody lately? Because if you haven't, I, I challenge you to do so. Because as soon as you start to speak the word of God, as soon as you start to speak that light and not the darkness, you begin to see God's goodness. You begin to see his forever. So yes, my challenge for you is to stop living in the after this moment or what if this happens moment, but live in the moment you have right now. Live in your situation right now and push through with the word of God. Push through with the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. Push through because on the other side is just more God. On the other side of it is just more love. On the other peace, that's the truth. The truth is not I will live well to ha having more money. The truth is not I will live well accomplishing this task. The truth is there's more to God than we could ever imagine. There's more goodness than we could ever imagine. Rely on God, trust in God, and you will be okay, I promise. Amen? Well, that's all I have for you. I told you today was a little bit more teaching than preaching, and I hope and I pray that everything is good, and um, I just am excited about me personally learning from this message and learning more, and I feel like lately in my tests and in my trials, I've had to to show more God and I've had to love more and I've had to be there more for people. And that's just what it's all about. That's what God is all about. Last thing to remember is don't forget that you are put on this earth for a purpose. Every single one of us. The person that doesn't have a home outside was meant for a greater purpose than their situation. 
the person that lives next door to you was meant for a greater purpose. Your coworkers are meant for a greater purpose than just being your coworkers. Even you sitting right here are meant for so much more. God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. It's up to us to take it and to move forward. And it's really not that hard. This is the simplicity of God. All you have to do is say yes, and God will begin to use you. You may not know everything right now. I don't know everything right now. You may not know, but he will give you little bits at a time because the Holy Spirit is in us to teach us and to guide us. And he will give you what you need at that moment. He will give you what the person beside you needs at that very moment. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for the people sitting here. Thank you today for the people watching online. I thank you for the people that you've put in our path and our situations and our jobs and and just the people around us. And Lord, my prayer for everybody here is just to have some intimacy with you, God. My prayer for them is just to begin to show the love of Jesus Christ to the people around them. My prayer this this morning is just that they break the bondage that they think that they're in and that they no longer say to themselves, but what if, or if I could only, then this. Let's break that habit. Let's break that bondage that we have in ourselves because we are not slaves to sin anymore. But we are free in God and we are a slave to you now. Lord, I pray that each individual sees their power and they see their worth in God. And they begin to make changes in their life, not because I'm telling them to, but because you tell them to, because you guide them to. I pray that whatever is holding them, whatever is binding them, that it becomes loose in this very moment. And I pray they no longer see the world as they used to, but they see the world through your eyes. I pray that they see their situations through your eyes and not through their earthly eyes. I pray that they see their circumstances and the things that are hard on them, the things that may torment them. I pray that they see them in your eyes and they see that those things really don't have a hold on them that sin does not have a hold on them, that the enemy cannot take them down with him, but that you're going to raise them up. I pray that they no longer see the darkness, but they see your everlasting light. And I pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. joining us this week. Our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing. If you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.